T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Alrighty, welcome. It is Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. And if you're just joining us, uh, we had an interesting conversation uh, yesterday. I wanted to continue this today because I think it's uh, of some community service. And I would like to uh, expand this hour uh, into other areas of volunteering other than the, uh, the fire service. I mean, the fire service people, you guys can still call in. But other areas of volunteering, for example, um, within recent weeks, the SPCA serving Erie County has put out a call for volunteers. They need volunteers. And, you know, there's a lot of people, frankly, would rather volunteer to work with animals than to work with human beings. Um, Some of you are dog whispers and some of you are cat whispers. um, And a lot of people get a lot of satisfaction out of uh, volunteering at the SPCA serving Erie County or the other local animal welfare organizations, Niagara County, the feral cat focus people, the Buffalo Animal Shelter, don't know about their need for volunteers. But um, cityjournals.org, there is an interesting piece by Charles McElwee. An overlooked crisis, declining volunteerism in the United States, particularly in emergency services, is having a corrosive effect. And check this out. For years, America's declining volunteerism, especially among the young, has affected a broad range of community groups, which struggle to make do with less help. The shortage has particularly serious consequences for first responders, currently Two-thirds of America's 30,000 fire departments are volunteer-run. But since 2015, okay, that's just eight years, the numbers have fallen, and I'm going to round out here, from 815,000 down to 683,000. That's that's a lot of folks. That's well over 100,000 people fewer who are volunteering now than used to just in 2015. Shortages of EMTs, emergency medical technicians, and paramedics also affecting communities. In Florida's Hillsborough County, agencies often rely on paramedics to work 48-hour shifts. Wow. Uh, Blaming a fading commitment to volunteerism. We have seen a decline over the last four or five years, a tremendous decline in interest in becoming a volunteer firefighter, one fire chief said in Alabama. 
Our communities are outgrowing the departments right now and their personnel. We continue to get calls back-to-back that were pulled out of district. We're on an emergency call. We're having a delayed response to another call because they're so close together. And check this out. In Maine, the percentage of firefighters has dropped more than 33% since 1994. We try to recruit and do our best to maintain levels and staff, but people just don't want to volunteer anymore, said Portland Fire Chief Tom Printup. The consequences can be deadly for incidences requiring speedy assistance or in regions confronting natural disasters like we experienced over Christmas of uh, last year. So it's, uh, it, it's a real interesting thing. The uh, volunteer crisis in America and how it's affecting our local fire services and how it's affecting our local community organizations. And, you know, I keep getting back to this idea that uh, you cannot even get people now who want to be cops. You can't get people to en masse take the civil service exam for a police officer like you used to. Those exams used to be absolutely packed. Um, The state police exams in particular, thousands of applicants from across New York State would take the exam. And then if you were really lucky, you got the letter from Albany and you'd show up at Albany for your physical. And if you were really lucky, you got through that physical and you uh, took a bunch of tests and you went to the academy. And then you came out a New York State trooper. Um, probationary until you get a certain number of months and years in. It's a year. Uh, But anyway, the the point is now it's like pulling teeth to try to get anybody who wants to be a cop, a corrections officer. I I don't know how the paid fire department is doing in terms of personnel. I'm not sure if that is a career that people want to do anymore. But, you know, we've talked about this in previous shows, but there seems to be, in fact, with the people I know, there is a tremendous lack of a willing, able, and ready labor force out there. People, again, I, do, I have no idea how people are getting the money they're using to spend when going out. I don't have a clue because by now, those stimulus checks, should have that, that well should have run dry a while back, no matter how much money you got from Uncle Sam. That, that well should be well used up by now. But um, my favorite, though, was hearing about people who weren't paying their landlord's rent because they didn't have to, but they were going out and buying uh, ATVs and snowmobiles and motorcycles and stuff like that. But anyway, I digress. But if you are having a problem getting people to take positions for which they would be paid. And the positions I just meant, for example, I mentioned, for example, police officer, um, people get good pay and great lifetime benefits. If you can't get people to sign up for those jobs, how in the hell are you going to get people to volunteer? To volunteer for what can be a dangerous and thankless job, that puts you basically on call certain times of every single day, possibly, or certain times every single week. And in order to even get your foot in the door, you have to commit to a certain number of weeks of training. And it's not just the training classes themselves. You have to uh, do studying at home. 
So that's not very easy if you've got, uh, you know, let's say you're 27 years old. Let's say you've got one or two kids. Uh, you're taking care of little ones. And as they get older, um, you might think it gets easier, but it really doesn't because you'll be finding yourself getting up at 5.30 on a Saturday morning to take your kids to hockey practice or 8.30 on a Saturday morning to take them to softball or baseball or lacrosse or whatever activity and sport uh, they happen to be uh, involved in and uh, which they happen to uh, enjoy. So I, I but but then, you know, people have always people have always had kids, even in the heyday of American volunteerism. People had more kids then than they're having now, but they still had time to volunteer. Perhaps the difference is our kids are overly structured now, and as a result, we as parents are overly structured now, and we just don't have the free time we used to have, which is interesting because the technological age was supposed to give us the benefits of a paperless society and also more time to do the things we wanted to do. And instead, we watch cat videos all day. Uh, instead of doing much productive. So uh, I want to find out what the situation is like with your local fire department, and I want to branch out into other community organizations that need volunteers. Uh, my mom used to volunteer at a, uh, a nursing home. I mentioned that yesterday. She no longer volunteers at a nursing home. Frankly, I wouldn't want her volunteering at a nursing home. And uh, she used to tell me, uh, you know, Tom, uh, a lot of these people think that uh, these senior citizens are just old, docile, and sweet. I come into contact with quite a few of them who are not exactly sweet or docile, and they're especially abusive to uh, staff members who don't look like them. And you can pretty much imagine what I'm getting at there. Uh, a lot of racism in uh, in some of the nursing home patients. Well, you know, they come from a different generation and all that stuff, but there's a common degree, I think, of courtesy. Um, but then again, you might be dealing with somebody with dementia. You might be dealing with somebody with diminished mental capacity. You, you, you just never know what somebody's been through um, health-wise. So I suppose if you're in the healthcare field, you have to develop a pretty thick skin against some of the insults uh, hurled your way by people who are enfeebled by age to one degree or another. But uh, your phone call is uh, required uh, for me to continue doing this show, or I will switch topics on you. So if your fire department has a need for personnel, I would like to know. If your community organization has a need for personnel, I'd like to know. I mean, is anybody signing up anymore to be a Cub Scout leader? Is anybody signing up to be a Boy Scout leader? Anybody signing up for Girl Scouts? Anybody signing up for fill-in-blank here? Uh, there are so many places where you can volunteer and so many places that would love to have you volunteer. But uh, the big issue now seems to be uh, emergency services, specifically the uh, the fire services. 803-0930 is the phone number, 803-0930. Star 930 is free on the cell phone and 1-800-616-WBEN. I would love to hear from people. Uh, who are younger volunteers for the fire service. Are you in your 20s? Are you in your 30s? And did you volunteer for the fire service? Because I want to tell you, over the course of the past few hours doing this show, both uh, yesterday and today, um, I've noticed a real heavy um, older 
caller presence and a very light younger caller uh, presence, even more so than is usually the case. And if uh, those deductions are correct, uh, that would mean that the condition of the volunteer fire service would have to be regarded as critical or even grave. And I, I really wonder, I'm not trying to be apocalyptic here, but I really wonder what's going to happen uh, in an area where people don't volunteer, in an era where people don't have the time to volunteer uh, or think they don't have the time to volunteer. Well, what's going to happen when your house catches fire or you need help with something or you get into a car accident, God forbid, and you got to be cut out with the jaws of life or some such extrication tool? Um, what's going to happen when you find yourself waiting 15, 20 minutes for something that might be a five-minute response now? It's not going to be a pleasant world. And switching to an all-paid fire department, I'm not so sure that that is even going to be the answer. I'm not sure how many people signed up to take the last firefighter exam. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're having the same problem that law enforcement is having. And when I say law enforcement, I don't just mean the people who are police officers. I mean corrections officers as well. There's a lot of corrections officers who are working absolutely ridiculous hours, and they're working with inmates uh, that are being housed in facilities that were never meant to house their level of inmate. Um, so it's not just the cop on the street or in the car. It is the CO in the jail or prison who uh, has a very, very difficult um, a difficult life, and nobody seems to want to step forward to take those jobs. Um, and I, I wonder, I just, I wonder where we're heading as a uh, as a society. I mean, personally, I would love to volunteer to do something, uh, but to be very honest with you, there are time constraints on me, and there are also uh, some physical issues that uh, would prevent me from having an active role. Um, in in pretty much uh, in pretty much anything. I mean, I'm to be very honest with you, I'm uh, particularly uh, upset today because and I, I used to like to lift weights and do push-ups a lot, and I was very proud of the way my biceps looked and my deltoids and all that kind of stuff. And uh, looked at myself in the mirror today, and I said, "Oh my goodness, atrophic or what? Just total atrophy." And the reason I can't lift weights is I don't feel like popping my retina out again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it can be, um, I don't know, it, 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 it's, how do I say this? If you have a physical limitation, there, obviously there are things you just can't do. I can certainly pick up a cat. But driving to West Seneca from where I live is not exactly something that I would enjoy doing. I, To be honest with you, I find myself driving less and less, and it has nothing to do with the cost of gas. It has everything to do with the fact that uh, driving out there, I find I enjoy driving less and less. Driving has become something that... Uh, you know, for me, I just don't particularly enjoy doing anymore. It's not that I don't enjoy being on the road driving. It's just that I, I've never seen so many idiots on the road in my life. And I, I think it ought to be easier to get a gun and harder to get a driver's license in New York State. And something else that just frosts my nads is that uh, Flint Road in Amherst is a major pedestrian thoroughfare for the kids coming from UB. And I've been bitching about this for years. There still is no sidewalk on Flint Road. So these UB students, many of them appear to be either from China or from India or Pakistan, um, they, they, they find themselves walking in the street, which is very, very dangerous. And 
I've often and long campaigned for pedestrian walkways over Maple Road and Millersport Highway. And I've often campaigned for sidewalks along Flint Road in Amherst because these UB kids um, are just are they're taking their lives in their hands every single day. All it takes is somebody who doesn't see that well and maybe snowy conditions and uh, you're going to find uh, uh, a real tragedy uh, taking place. And I, I just think, uh, you know, we I just think we need to do better. And part of that is because of the fact that I graduated from UB. Part of it is the fact that just as a human being, I don't like to see other people's kids needlessly putting their lives at risk of being forced to, frankly, uh, by the absence of a, a sidewalk or especially over Millersport, a pedestrian walkway because some of the people don't understand that pedestrians in the crosswalk have the right of way over you as a car even if you've got the left hand arrow pedestrian in the pardon me pedestrian in the crosswalk has the right of way we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I usually try to jump in before the lyrics start. Oops, my bad. Uh, welcome. It is Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, talking to you about the uh, volunteer shortage that we have. It's a really serious subject. And uh, obviously, we'd like to do something to try to uh, get some volunteers for people, uh, whether it is uh, in the volunteer fire service or some other area of human endeavor. Let's go to uh, Jeff on a cell phone. Jeff, you are on WBEN. Thanks for calling. What's up? Hey, Tom. How are you? Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, this kind of uh, touches on two things. I'm a former volunteer firefighter. Uh, I was a firefighter with one of the larger Chicktawaga companies uh, in the late 80s to the mid-90s. Um, left when I moved out of the district, but maintained a, a, a paid EMS career until I became a state correction officer, which I've done now for 23 years. Um, You're glutton for punishment, sir. Uh, you know what? 
a lot of people tell me that, and you're right. <laughs> you're exactly right. I, I, I have no comeback for that. You're right. That's all right. Uh, we live in the we live in the opposite end of the town now. Uh, my 18 year old son uh, joined our local department. He's been in about uh, seven months now. Loves it. He's taken his EMT. Uh, I was able to pass on a lot of my knowledge of training. Uh, even though I've been out of it a long time, I still keep up on it. I still have a lot of friends in it. So I was able to help him and prepare him, and uh, he loves it. And he would like to pursue a, uh, a fire rescue EMS career. And uh, all I can say is, uh, you know, as far as the fire service is concerned, stop down to any of your local halls on drill night um, or email them, call them. And uh, most companies have a recruitment and retention officer. They'll get back to you. Well, just um, can can you talk about the uh, the training because we had some we had a guy call in yesterday who said you know in the old days they didn't make people go through this extensive training that they do now. How big a turnoff is the extensive training? And I know it varies depending on what specialty you want to focus on in the fire service, but uh, still. Uh, sure, I'd be glad to. Well, when I started. Uh, right now, they have what they call uh, BFO, which is uh, BEFO, Basic Exterior Firefighting Operations. And then they have Interior Fighting Oper- Firefighting Operations. That's about two courses over the course of a year. Um, basic, of course, your exterior, interior, to be able to pack up, uh, you have to have that course. But when I was in, we had a course uh, called Essentials of Firefighting. Uh, it was a four-month course. We went two nights a week. And then you uh, held in-house uh, OSHA Scott Pack training. And then uh, most companies, when you've in, been in about a year and you come off probation and they see that you are uh, going to stay, they would make you interior. Now, that's when I was in. Now, again, you have to take both of those classes. Uh, it's very hard to get them in in a year because the county and, or the state and the county don't always schedule the amount of classes um, at the most opportune time. So sometimes, like the, uh, the assistant chief from Alden said, it can take two to three years. Uh, it depends on your county and how quick they are to have their fire safety coordinator schedule these classes. Um, but when I was in, when I started, I was 18 years old. Uh, I had no wife, uh, no kids, uh, and it was a perfect fit for me. And a lot of my friends that are still in the business started when I started, and they were, uh, you know, got married, had kids, and they were kind of able to build the family around the fire service and vice versa. Uh, at the same time, I also know a lot of people that got into it in their late 20s, 30s, early 40s, and some in their early 50s after they've had families, and some are able to make it work. Others find it very difficult. Um, for the the time commitment. I think it depends on your family dynamic and uh, if you have the ability to to juggle all of that. But the training is extensive. It's very thorough. Um, They teach you everything you need to know, and those skills are routinely honed in your local fire department on your drill nights. Um, And drill night is once a week? Yeah, drill night time is once a week. It depends. Uh, 
on the various companies. Most companies will have it on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I think, you know, the, the biggest question that people listening to this show would have is, how do they decide who gets to be Santa Claus and ride around in the vintage truck every Christmas time? Uh, usually that's one of the senior members, and uh, he has to have the uh, the physical requirements <laughs> to, uh, to, to most uh be able to sell that role yeah in williamsville uh, we get santa claus christmas and the easter bunny on easter and a very loud siren you always know when santa's coming by well they do in our in the fire district i live in now they go up it's largely a commercial district but we do have a small residential section and they go up and down the streets but uh, a, they dress a, the trucks up a, a, a serious oh, question what was what was the biggest yeah. reward you got out of uh, being a volunteer firefighter back in the day what what was the biggest turn on for you what did you get out of it uh, for Jeff um, helping people um, you know I community service uh, public service was always something near and dear to my family uh, I come from a lineage of school teachers uh, so it was it was public service. It was never about the money. It was doing what you can for your community, and that's what I enjoyed the most about it. Well, thank you, uh, Jeff. I, I appreciate the phone call, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take All right, care. Jeff, thank you. Uh, volunteerism in America, it seems to be a dying thing. And, again, I'm very concerned about this because, you know, if your mom or dad have a – heart attack, and you live in an area that is severely understaffed with EMS people, how in the hell are they going to get there to render first aid? You remember the call we had from Sue a few months ago who had a heart attack and woke up to uh, a firefighter in her kitchen hovering over her with, uh, I think, the uh, defibrillator. This is well before the football incident. Um, and it was uh, it was kind of spooky. Let's go to, uh, I mean, it was great that the firefighter was there, but it's spooky to think about the future in which uh, your wait time might be aggravated by a lack of volunteers. Here's Chris on a cell phone. Chris, you're on WBEN. Hello. Uh, hi. How are you doing? Yes, um, sir. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm uh, Assistant Patrol Director at Kissing Bridge Ski Patrol, which is a 100% volunteer organization. And we're responsible for responding to any accidents that guests or anybody at the entire area of Kissing Bridge um, may have. How do your calls come in? Cell phone? Uh, well, typically people will um, report it to maybe uh, an employee um, that works on the hill, you know, someone operating the lift or something like that. Is any, um, is any one hill any worse than any other as far as injuries? Uh, well, you know, at every ski area, they have different ratings for uh, the hills, and uh, we ask people to ski within their abilities. Right, right. Uh, I, I used to love skiing, took to skiing like a duck took to water, frankly. I enjoyed it uh, a lot. haven't done it in a long time. Uh, but the, uh, the benefits for you, I would imagine, are free skiing. Uh, that, that is, you know, if we, if, you know, it's 100% volunteer, but we do on um, our patrol that um, that you, you are provided with a pass for yourself, and you can um, then get passes for your family and children. Now that's 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 a good deal. Um, now, what what kind of training do you have to go through in order to be a member of the ski patrol at Kissing Bridge? 
Well, it's it's actually we're part of the National Ski Patrol, so it, it, any area you would have to do uh, two um, training courses. One is called OEC, which is Outdoor Emergency Care, which essentially gives you the education that an EMT has. And then you do uh, OET, which is Outdoor Emergency Transportation. And for us, that's bringing people down in toboggans, or we have snowmobiles that we use, or track vehicles, and being trained how to move someone from essentially somewhere where an ambulance can't get um, to where an ambulance could get. And, you know, we bring people to a first aid room, and that's where we render any care um, that's necessary. Um, You've been doing this for how long, a volunteer at Kissing Bridge? This is my sixth season right now. And how many people have you been called on to help? Uh, Well, I'd say... Gosh, I don't know. Probably twenty or so. And I would. What, what would be the most typical injury? A broken bone or a strain, sprain? Yeah, or orthopedic injuries, sprains, strains. You know, possible fractures um, that people have. Uh, concussions have probably always happened, but now I think people are more aware of it, so they can't seek treatment uh, when they uh, um, hit their head. Um, but yeah, typically that's the. You know, you you get the. You know. An, a, a skiing accident, uh, you know, someone falls and they um, have some sort of injury like that. So, <coughs> I'm sorry, I keep doing this to you. Uh, what? <laughs> Maybe I should start doing traffic. Uh, but anyway, um, sorry. Uh, but anyway, uh, the um, <laughs> the <laughs> the uh, situation with uh, uh, with with the with the training sounds very interesting. What you have to do and. Uh, I, what I was going to ask you before I swallowed wrong, um, what I was going to ask you is, uh, what's what's the secret to staying warm on the hill? And I'll preface that by saying, never in my life have I been as cold skiing as in Stowe, Vermont. Uh, it's well, a lot higher than Kissing Bridge, and oh my goodness, was it it was freezing. And I was very well dressed for it. I thought, what do you guys do to stay warm? Well, um, there's no bad weather, Tom. It's only bad clothing. Well, what's your secret, though? Uh, Many light layers. You don't want to dress too hot, and then then you get sweat, but you don't want to be uh, too cold. So layering is the uh, best thing to do, and that's recommended. Do you have uh, sexy Um, little snow pants that you wear? No comment, Tom. (laughs) All right, do you have snow pants that you wear? Yeah, of course. We wear, and, and, you know, you talk about in in addition to – uh, ski passes. The National Ski Patrol has partnerships with a lot of different um, products. Um, you know, companies that make you know ski equipment, ski pants, ski jackets, gloves, helmets, hats, and those things. So, um, as once you finish your certification as a um, patroller, then you would get discounts and all that, and then you'd have the proper gear to wear. Uh, that that sounds pretty awesome. Now, how, how, what is the volunteer set uh, status like at Kissing Bridge? Is it full? Well, we're we're looking for people. I mean, as you know, the theme of your program is um, it's it's not um, something you know. Volunteerism is something that you know we've we've seen as you know it's it's a difficult thing to get. So that's why I do lead with the uh, um, you know the um, payment, if you will, of the season passes and the equipment and. It's understandable. People's time are limited. They want to know what 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 do they get out of it. So, you know, in addition to helping people and 
you know, I, I've been out there and there's been families and you give them advice and you, you know that the things that you're telling them, and this isn't with an injury, just kind of general, like maybe you shouldn't be on this hill and, you know, they're going to have a better day. So being able sure. to interact with people and, and uh, you know, pass on something that I'm, I'm passionate of, you know, skiing and snowboarding and, and being out there and enjoying yourselves, um, you know. I would presume in Western New York. I, I, I would presume that people simply contact Kissing Bridge, or they contact the National Ski Patrol. Well, you could, you can go to Kissing Bridge. You know, our patrol. We have um, you know Instagram and Facebook, um, or the website at Kissing Bridge, um, and really any area. But you know, I'm pretty biased towards uh, Kissing Bridge where I work. Yeah, I understand. I I love Kissing Bridge. As far as uh, one more question I have to ask you, how many tongues have you had to uh, get off of the metallic part of the lift? Again, you know, Tom, there are HIPAA laws that I can't. uh, I'm not asking for specifics. I'm asking for uh, numbers. Me, personally, none. But I imagine it has happened before. Yeah, because I know a guy. In fact, you might be talking to him who took the dare and uh, paid the price. Thank you very much. yeah, I'm an idiot. Welcome. Basically, I'm an idiot is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, Chris, thanks very much. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, skiing is so much fun. I don't know why I stopped skiing. I don't know why. Used to have a blast, man. Used to be fun, fun, fun. All right, let's go to John in Newfane on WBEN. John, I'm sorry, uh, Kenmore. Did I say Newfane? Sorry, brain dead. Uh, John in Kenmore is on WBEN. Welcome. Hi, Tom. When yes, I was sir. a kid, I took every exam possible. I always wanted to be a fireman. How easy was it? How many exams did you have to take before you well, got I the letter saying you, you passed? Well, I took a police and a fire exam. In July of 1967, I was appointed to the Amherst Police Department. Herb Zimmerman, I think, was the police chief then. And the following year, in May of 1968, Buffalo called me. So I had to turn in my gun and my badge. You went from Amherst to Buffalo? Yeah, it was a pay raise at the time, if you believe it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then the uh, Kenmore Fire Department, the chief came over one day, no, no, knowing that I was uh, available a lot of days. Uh, they, had, they had trouble getting day men back then. So I joined the uh, Kenmore Fire Department volunteers. And that was a good department. Right now they're holding their own, but it's one of the very few departments. I, don't, I can't think of another department that has paid drivers except Kenmore. So when that alarm goes off in Kenmore, the truck is on its way. While all the other guys are getting out of bed, getting dressed, heading to the fire in their cars, there is an engine on the way to the fire. But my understanding, my understanding is, though, that the gear has to be kept at the fire hall. So it's not that you can go directly to the fire. Don't you have to go to the fire hall first and gear up and then get to the fire? That I don't know. When I was on, you kept it in your trunk. Yeah, apparently because of the carcinogens, that is not accepted standard practice anymore. A few people pointed that out yesterday. Th- yeah, because you gotta you gotta get hosed down. Yeah, things things have changed, I think, my friend, since you were a volunteer firefighter. And and Kenmore is one of the departments that actually had a volunteer firefighter dying in the line of duty within the last couple of decades. Yeah, it's right at the uh, uh, it's a paint store on Kenmore Avenue. Yeah, terrible story. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I enjoyed my career, and uh, but uh, but I I do agree that the uh, departments are going uh, they're they're in bad shape as far as help is. Uh, but you got to go like the state of Massachusetts. Ninety percent of your fire departments in the state of Massachusetts are all paid. Very few volunteer outfits in the state of Massachusetts, and I think uh, it's eventually it's going to hit other areas. 
Well, you know what? I, I think so, too. I think it's, frankly, with the decline of volunteering in America, I think you're right on the money. I think we are going to go to a paid fire department everywhere, meaning our taxes are going to go up. But here's the thing. Who is going to who's going to work the jobs? Because people I'm telling you, there are a lot of people out there who don't want to work. They're putting in a day, two days, four days and they're gone. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly don't know what the future holds. Maybe uh, maybe we'll have robots fighting fires. Could be, Tom. Artificial intelligence. Well, John, thank you for your community service, and I'm sure all the guys in Buffalo and all the guys in Amherst are laughing at the way things were in the late 60s. Yeah, okay, John, thanks. All right, thank thank you uh, very much. No, I mean, you drive past uh, John J. Audubon Parkway now. There's Rolls Royces and Bentleys uh, in the parking lot. It's, it's really incredible. I'm just kidding, of course. Just teasing, having a little fun. It is uh, 3.57. Um, I, you know... I don't want to take the easy way out or anything, but I, I don't mind continuing this because I, I, I think we're calling attention to the fact that volunteering in America seems to be dead. Now, I'm going to ask you guys and ladies of the fire service if you need bodies to call in and let us know where you need them and what you need. I want to talk to people who currently volunteer, especially the younger people, And maybe you don't volunteer at a fire department. Maybe you volunteer somewhere else, like the guy who volunteers for ski patrol at Kissing Bridge. Um, I I think this is, I I honestly think this is one of the most important topics we've ever done. Because, folks, at some point in your life, you're going to need EMS. At some point in your life, you may very well need a fire department. And we rely on volunteers. And if those volunteers aren't available, you're going to be in a world of hurt, and you'll see a fire that would do $5,000 damage destroying your $500,000 home. And I don't think anybody wants that. I mean, maybe you'd like the $500,000 home, but uh, these days that's a mobile home in Dunkirk. I think that gets you a mobile home in Dunkirk. I'm not 100% on that. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with Dunkirk. Don't get all bitchy with me. <laughs> We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.